Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. My name is Liz, and um, I'm one of the lead pastors here at Life, and it's good to be with you in this new space. Um, I'm just so thankful. Like, every time I come in here, it just, like, it has, like, a joyful, happy feeling, and I'm just, I'm so thankful for the way God miraculously worked to give us this space but I'm also thankful for the ways all of you have contributed and helped us get here and you continue to serve and work and do things. Um, you know, you'll notice little changes around here. Someone did that, right? The grass got mowed, paper towel holders went in, baby changing stations went in, things are vacuuming. I mean, people are working to make this space a reality and I'm very, very thankful for that. So. I just, like, give it up for you guys because you guys have done a lot to contribute to this place, and it's a really uh, great place to be. You know, <clears throat> every day we ask ourselves a lot of little questions, right? Like, you might wake up and be like, oh, how much, how much more time can I s sleep in and snooze my alarm, right? Or, oh, what's the weather going to be like today? You know, I'm always looking at what the weather is going to be like. Or my kids are always asking Google, like, what's the weather today? What's the high today? What jacket am I going to wear to the bus stop? At what point at recess? Like, what temperature is it going to be? First recess, second recess, when I get out of school? You know, there's like lots of those little planning things that go on every day. You might think, oh, today am I going to pack my lunch or am I going to treat myself out to lunch, you know? Or like, oh, when am I going to, like, catch up on that chore, that you know, pile of junk right there in the house, or, you know, how am I going to fit everything into this day? What task should I work on next? What project should I work on next? There's all those, like, immediate daily questions that come into our mind, right? But then there's the big questions of life. They don't get a lot of attention, right? Occasionally, um, sorry, I asked for some water because, you know, Hydration is good. Okay, so big questions. Sometimes my phone does this thing where it notifies me that like a certain app has been like working in the background and I haven't paid attention to it so much, so now it's going to go on deep sleep or something like that. Does that ever happen to your phone, right? It's like that is like what big questions are like. They're running in the background. They're kind of motivating some of the things you do, but you're not always bringing them to the forefront to consider. But the whole world is asking big questions at some point in their life, right? Like, what's my purpose? What am I doing here on this earth? Is there more to life than this job I'm doing or this thing I'm doing? You know, you fill in the blank. And there is a research group called the Barna Group, and they did a study, and they said that no matter what generation you are from, regardless of your generation, people are spiritually curious. They're asking these big questions. They believe that there is some type of higher power, maybe God, and they believe in some kind of supernatural possibilities. So I have uh, the study up here, and you can see that the numbers don't move that much, right? From boomers to Gen X, millennials, Gen Z. 
They would like to, we all would like to grow spiritually, most of us. We think that there's a supernatural dimension and we believe in God or a higher power. And this is recent, 2022. So people in this world are spiritually curious. We're asking those bigger, deeper questions. Maybe not all the time, but they come to our mind throughout life. And most of us want to be able to hear from God. We want to know that he's speaking to us. And we believe, most likely, that it's possible through some kind of super, supernatural spiritual dimension. So this is, this is good news, that we can speak to the spiritually curious world, right? We can explain how it works. So what does it actually look like to hear from God? Some of us might think that we've never heard from God, you know? Like, those are just my thoughts. That's not really God speaking. But a lot of times, God speaking sounds similar to your thoughts. And you kind of have to practice deciphering between, oh, that, that's God speaking to me, and those are my thoughts. Because if we have the mind of Christ, he is speaking to you in your thoughts. Sometimes we can also get the wrong idea that, like, I'm sure at some point you thought this, that, like, to really hear from God, you need to have that big message, like the, the, the shape of the clouds is in the message that you wanted to hear from God, right? It has to be some big audible voice or it has to be some kind of fanfare, like really authoritative, like God is speaking to you, right? Have you ever kind of thought like, oh yeah, that's the way God speaks, right? It has to be some kind of like movie-like experience. But that's not true. <laughs> the Bible tells us that God speaks to all kinds of people in all kinds of ways. God is speaking all the time, and he's speaking to all of us in a variety of ways. So in the Old Testament, there's a book, Numbers 12, 6 through 8, says this. Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my service, servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. The encouraging thing about this is this continues for us in the New Testament because the Spirit of God has been poured out on all of us. And so we all get to hear from God in visions, in dreams, and speaking to God relationally, face to face. We have that kind of relationship with God because the Spirit has been given to all of us. In the Old Testament, it was given to a few leaders throughout history, and now the Spirit has been poured out on all of us. So he speaks to us, and today we're going to be talking about how he speaks to us in the gift of prophecy. And I want to kind of demystify the gift of prophecy and, and really teach on it in a way that is like 
it, it makes sense for all of us. Because I've been on a journey, I would say, probably for the last decade of my life to clarify this in my own life. And I'm, I'm at a place where I feel so confident in what God has taught me and done that I can summarize it for you. But also, um, like, hear that as an encouragement that I've spent a decade figuring it out, right? It's a journey. Like, you don't just arrive in your spiritual journey and, you know, you've got it all, you've got it all down. You can just boom, 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 give an answer for all things. But the reality is that we all hear from God. And then we hear from God and we can speak that out to other people as an encouragement, and that is the gift of prophecy. It's really that simple. Back when I was in college, I went to a Christian university where I studied Christian ministry. Yep. And um, early on as a freshman, I met this friend in one of my uh, classes. Her name was Claudia. And her family were missionaries in Panama, but she's originally from El Salvador. And she had a very vibrant relationship with Jesus. Um, different than my uh, kind of conservative evangelical school friends were like, okay? So she just like really struck me. I, and we became roommates and everything later on. Um, but if you were to ask me back in college, you know, what prophecy was, I grew up in a church that didn't really exercise the gifts of the Spirit so much. And so I would have told you it was probably something about, you know, telling the future exclusively, like some of the prophets did in the Old Testament. And I didn't really know anybody that did it today. And if I did, it was like, well, I've heard from the Lord, and the Lord says this. And then you should kind of be a little, like, leery of them because, you know, I don't know. They're probably trying to deceive you or something, you know, manipulate you. I, I, I don't trust them. And so that's probably what I knew about it. Um, but I did know that God spoke to me often in my heart, in promptings to know him better, to know things about him. Like, there was a relational connectedness that me and Jesus had. But I couldn't tell you more about the gifts of the Spirit and how prophecy related to any of that. Now, um, back to my friend, after freshman year, um, we had RAs on all the floors, and then we had discipleship leaders on all the floors. So they were supposed to do Bible studies each week and kind of um, care for the well-being of the students spiritually. And my friend Claudia, she was going to be an RA sophomore year, and so towards the end of freshman year, like, when people found out she was going to be an RA, she's a great person. Everyone wanted to be her discipleship leader, right? So she had lots of people being like, oh, I, I could be your leader. I could be your leader. Like, do you want to, like, choose me? You know, lots of people going up to her. I, on the other hand, was like, oh, there's plenty of time to get involved in leadership. I'll just kind of chill out for now and not doing anything. Well, one day after class, Claudia comes up to me in the lobby, and she says, Liz, I've been really praying about it, and I felt God tell me that I was supposed to ask you to be my discipleship leader. I was like, oh, okay, God speaks to you like that, okay. You know, I wasn't sure what to think about it, but I considered it, and I felt like 
outside of like not understanding how God spoke to her about it, um, like it was an open invitation from Jesus to just say yes, to just like, Liz, I'm calling you into this right now. I want you to do this. And so I said yes. And in our friendship, I, I learned more about how she operated in most of the gifts of the Spirit. And when I'm talking about the prophetic gifts of the Spirit, I'm talking about like words of knowledge, words of wisdom, um, healing, miracles, tongues, those kinds of things. And I still didn't understand all those things then, but I saw that she had a relational way of, of hearing from Jesus that was different from what I grew up with. And so I learned a lot from her. And that, has, that kind of started some of my journey towards um, learning about this stuff. Now, when she heard from Jesus that she was supposed to ask me, out of all the people that were already trying to get in that position, that was a word of wisdom. Now, a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge are different. Okay, word of wisdom is hearing from God about a directional nature. Okay, you're getting um, some kind of information from God that says, here's the direction I want you to go in this situation, a solution, something like that. It's directional in nature. A word of knowledge is getting information from the Lord about somebody or a situation that you wouldn't know any other way, except God gave you that information. So that's a little bit of the difference there. Both of those are different from prophecy. Um, so we've been in this series called Empowered, where we're talking about the Holy Spirit has come, he's empowered all of us as believers, what does that mean? mean for us? How do we live now that the Holy Spirit has empowered us? So a simple definition of prophecy is this, hearing from God and speaking for God. It's pretty simple, right? Hearing from God and speaking for God. Now there, there are two different kind of um, areas of prophecy. And one from the Old Testament is exclusively um, foretelling. Foretelling means telling the future, right? And that's what we see in the Old Testament. We see the prophets are telling things about the future, right? We, we look to the Old Testament to say, hey, here's what the prophets said about Jesus, right? Here's what they foretold about Jesus coming and being the Messiah, and so there's the foretelling of, I hear from God for the future. Now, I would say the majority of what happens in the New Testament for prophecy is this um, word called forthtelling. And forthtelling is, is, is hearing from God and speaking for God what he's doing right now in the moment. What is God doing right now in the moment with an individual with um, situations. Forth telling is calling out what God is doing in your life, speaking truths over you that you need to hear, maybe speaking new things into existence over your life. It's really calling out the belovedness in somebody else that Jesus has for you. 
That's what it is. It's hearing that from God and speaking it out over somebody else. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But in my personal journey, if you didn't grow up um, experiencing the prophetic or experiencing the gift of prophecy, it can feel like it existed only in the Old Testament in that um, future kind of telling way. So let me tell you about the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets were serious business. To be an Old Testament prophet is not something uh, you, went, you really wanted to do. It was serious, <laughs> okay? They carried divine authority. So the words that they spoke became scripture, right? And you could not get it wrong. There was no margin for error. If you foretold about the future in error or about theology, about God, it said in the law that you could, you could be put to death for that. So there was, there was no margin for making mistakes. To be a prophet in the Old Testament was serious business because a prophet was supposed to be in charge of telling things about God, the theology, and the law. So there was no room for leading people astray in error towards God. Now, thankfully, the, the gift of prophecy oper, operates different in the New Testament. But if you, if you haven't experienced that in a church, you might think like, oh, that's kind of in the level that it belongs in, the thus says the Lord kind of mentality. Well, that's where it was in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, the Spirit of God has been poured out on all of us, and we operate under the the law of grace. And so our words don't become scripture, okay? You can just breathe a sigh of relief that your prophetic words, if there's a margin of error, you're not going to die and they're not going to become scripture. So you're okay. You're okay. Like, this is a mistake-safe zone here in the church now, okay? Um, We believe, like, the Bible has been divinely like spoken and finished and it's intact, right? Your words are not going to become scripture. And so we live under this grace where the spirit has been poured out. We hear from God because of the Holy Spirit and we speak those words to others for what? The strengthening, the encouragement, and the comfort. That's what prophecy does. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And we are, a spirit, we are a community of believers that hear from the Holy Spirit, hear from God's voice, and are able to speak that to each other. It's a beautiful thing. I think it's even the hope of the church that we can create an atmosphere of encouragement, comfort, and strengthening because we hear from God and we get to tell each other. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes we buy into this lie that when we become mature Christians, it means that we can just do it all on our own. Like, I can hear from God all on my own for myself. I can get all the wisdom I need from God on my own on a situation. Um, you know, like, it's just, it's, it's me and God, and that really shows my maturity. Eh, wrong. 
guess what that is? That's like our culture saying, you know, like you can just do it all yourself and when you do it all yourself, like you're more successful. That's not, that's not the way the kingdom of God works. The way the kingdom of God works says that a mark of you growing as a Christian is actually you leaning into this community more. That you look to one another for direction and guidance and from hearing from God. That I actually hear more from God from some of you than I even do for myself. Because the way the kingdom of God works is in relationship. It's in drawing us closer to one another around the presence of God. Okay, we're going to look at some of the New Testament and see how Paul lays out this specific gift. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians. Um, We're going to start in chapter 12, and we're just going to kind of work a little bit through 1 Corinthians. So the first one, chapter 12, 7 through 11. Now, I want to say that when we're reading, prophecy was a normal part of the early Christian church. It was just given. So when we're describing it, we're, they're like expecting this is the way community life works. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice or word of word of wisdom. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge, word of knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. That would also be tongues. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So what's interesting to me is when we look at this scripture, here's the spirit of God working. And he's giving this gift, and he's giving this gift, and he's giving this gift, and he's giving this gift. And he alone decides what happens and who gets what gift. And here's the thing. The Spirit of God is always actively working among us. And what I love about this, it's like he's, he's breathing, he's moving. It's not static, right? The Spirit of God is moving, and he's like, oh, over here, someone needs to be healed. So I'm going to give this gift of healing. Over here, someone needs to be told who they are in Jesus. Oh, I'm going to give the gift of prophecy. This person needs to know that they are seen. I'm going to give a a word of knowledge over here. The Holy Spirit is working and moving and distributing these gifts as he sees fit, as he knows way more than we ever know. And we are just this vessel that says, okay, God, use me. I'm listening to you. And he's giving a gift and you are ministering to someone with that gift. It's a beautiful picture of the church aligning with the Spirit of God in the moment. That's why we often wait, right? We wait on what the Holy Spirit is going to say. We listen to the Holy Spirit because we want to give room 
for the Holy Spirit to work. Okay, let's continue. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. This is important for us to understand. Love is the standard. If you were the most gifted person in all of the world, and you understood everything there was to know about God, but you didn't operate in love, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because love is the standard. And if you've experienced prophecy gone wrong or wacky or been hurt by it, it's probably because love wasn't the standard. Love has to be the standard. Okay, let's continue. Next chapter, 14, 1 Corinthians 14. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, of the Spirit but it will also be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. See, there's the standard. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. The outcome of prophecy is for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. If it doesn't fit that description, then you don't say it. You don't say it. Now, if you're like, but Liz, sometimes I get, I get a download from Jesus about something that isn't encouraging, strengthening, or comforting. Well, two things. You can ask God for more information and, and how it can be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Or it's so that you can pray for the person and zip your mouth. Yeah, that's it. You're supposed to just pray about that by yourself. Because <laughs> if it's not strengthening, encouraging, or comforting, you just don't say it. Now, when we hear from God, it's like thoughts, impressions, feelings, sometimes pictures. It depends on how you're wired. Some people are visually wired, and so they see pictures in their imagination. I kind of see hearing from God like, I'm outside in my backyard enjoying the nice weather, the nice spring weather, and I feel like a, a, a gentle breeze come by. It's like, oh yeah, that thought was from Jesus. Let me grab onto it. 
or like I have leaves that fall because I have all these trees that, um, anyways, I, I, that's another story. But a little leaf is falling, and it's just like one little leaf is falling down. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to pay attention to that thought. That's from Jesus. I'm grabbing it. That's how it is for me. It's, it's soft and quiet and gentle, and I kind of have to pay more attention to it, but it's there. And I, and I take that thought, and I, and I say, hey, I sense that God is saying this for you. And you say, I sense, because we're, we could be wrong. It could be a mixed bag, right? You kind of want to test it out and get some feedback. I sense that, that God is saying this about, about you or for you. And then you say your thing, and then, you know, give me some feedback. Did that resonate with you? <clears throat> you know, the Old Testament prophets foretold that this is the way it would be for the New Testament church. Joel 2, 28 through 30 says this, Then, after doing all these things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit even on servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on earth. It is my desire as your pastor that all of you would prophesy. And I would say that all of you should expect to prophesy, that you can do it because you can hear from God through the Holy Spirit and you can speak that encouragement to somebody else. It's really that simple. Okay, two last scriptures. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says, Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said, Hold on to what is good. So as we participate in the gift of prophecy, hearing from God, speaking it out to other people, we're going to be wrong sometimes. That's what scripture is saying. We don't have the whole picture. We see in part. So sometimes it's a mixed bag. That's okay. That doesn't mean we stifle the Holy Spirit and just say, oh, because we could be wrong, because we could make a mistake, we just quit practicing. You don't develop a skill by not practicing, right? And so you have to have some courage, some, some risk-taking, and be willing to speak something out to somebody and getting some feedback. See, does this resonate with you? And as you get that feedback, you can kind of fine-tune your ability to hear. So imagine our church and what the atmosphere could be like when we're listening to God, we're speaking that out, and our, the atmosphere of our church is filled with comfort, strengthening, and encouragement. Yes, the kingdom of God is here among us. That is the hopeful future of our church. Okay, some calls to action. Um, one, here's my first call to action. This week... Pray for people. Like in your own personal time, think about someone to pray for in our church. Pray for them. And then as you spend time with Jesus and praying for that person, God, what do you want to say to this person? And then just write down whatever it is that God is 
saying to you for that person, and you can give it to them on a little note card, on a piece of paper. Now, I'm going to caution you to be simple. You do not have to add any interpretation to what you get from Jesus. In fact, it's better that you don't, okay? Because as you practice this, you might be like, oh, I saw a sunflower. That seems really stupid to tell somebody I saw a sunflower for you, okay? That's okay. Start with the sunflower, okay? Because you can ask God, is there more to this? If you hear more, you can write it down. If you don't hear more, don't add more. Because I will tell you that if you were like, I saw a sunflower for you, and then you try to bring the interpretation, it is not what God necessarily wants to say to that person. You might say, I saw a sunflower, and I really think it's because you're happy and vibrant and blah, 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 and that's not what God is saying, because maybe the sunflower has some special meaning to that person that only God knows and only that person knows, and all you saw was a sunflower, and you were not supposed to bring the interpretation. The person was supposed to hear from God. It's a challenge to do this, because one time... This past fall, we were practicing this at our regional conference, and um, I was giving a word to somebody. And as somebody that's a teacher, I really want to just present this beautiful, nice, interpreted package to you, okay? I want it to look really good. I don't want to just tell you I saw a sunflower. That makes me feel like a child, okay? But I was talking to this person, I was like, okay, I saw like a, like a sports car, and the sports car was driving really fast to the destination that it was going to. And that's it, <laughs> okay? Feels really silly. I want to give you an interpretation. I want to explain what that means so that I can feel good, okay? But God says no, because I said that to that person, and that meant something very specific to that person, and they had the whole interpretation, and they were like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Da, 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 da. Then they started talking about their life. And I was like, great, okay, pressure's off. I heard from the Lord. I obediently said what I thought was silly and childish, but it spoke to that person. That's how it is sometimes for me. Maybe, you know, as you grow and mature, I don't know. We, the gift can look different as you grow and mature, but I'm telling you, ask the Lord for more, but do not give more than what is needed. Okay, second, during worship time, even today, and subsequent worship times, you can practice it during worship. God, give me a word for somebody. Put something in my mind for somebody to encourage them, to strengthen them, and comfort them. And then after service, you can just go tell them. Hey, I sense God was saying this. Awesome. Awesome. Joe, would you come on up? Third, you can email me. Look, liz at lifemohammed.org to be on the prayer team once a month. After the first song of worship, um, our prayer team is available back by our tree back there. And you can practice praying. Because you know what? The way that you're going to practice this gift is praying for other people. That is the channel in which you're saying, God, I'm listening. Speak to me for somebody else. So if you want to practice praying for people, we're always looking for more people to pray with us. 
after the first song of worship, the last two songs, the prayer team will be back there. And I, I have just some thoughts for you. I think this morning, if after listening to this teaching, you're like, I have this gift. I hear from God. I just didn't know that I got these things for other people. I want you to go get some prayer that God would just open that up for you more. That you would have the courage and the strength to just operate in it. Because you've already been, you, it's there. You just didn't know it. And maybe there's some of you that um, want to hear from God. Man, we just want to pray for you. That you would just start hearing more from God and being confident that you do hear from God. And I think lastly, if you're like, I'm stuck. I need some prophetic encouragement from Jesus today. Go get prayer. Because that's part of prayer time. Is we, we don't pray a bunch of words to fill up the space. We actually listen to God for you. And speak the encouraging things that we hear. So after the first service, go get prayer. If, there, if you need to wait, that's fine. You can just wait there in the back. All right, would you stand? I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would come now and fill us up as we worship. We want to hear from you, and we expect to hear from you. And we want to worship you, and we want to give you our praise and affection this morning. Thank you that you have poured out your spirit on us all and we can have a face-to-face -face relationship with you. Jesus, you are so good. And so we lift you up this morning. We lift up your name. We love you, Jesus. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org. Lifevineyard.org org. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're like one of my favorite people, the kind of person that like sticks around after church while everybody else has left. Like you're still one of the last ones talking. You're like the podcast version of that person. And while I have you here, uh, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Dan. Uh, well, I'll have you here. I just want to say, hey, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come to life if you're in the central Illinois area. If you're listening to this outside of central Illinois, go find a vineyard church. Vineyard churches are amazing places. Go find one near you. And if you're not near a vineyard church, then uh, just find a church, a community of believers that you can be involved with, be in community with. I think we are our best spiritual selves when we are in community with other people who are following Jesus. That's what the church is for. So we hope to see you here, and if not here, go find a community of believers that you can get involved with this week. All right, thanks for listening. See you later.